How is COVID-19 affecting Christians, the world, and America's 2020 election? Find out on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs together with co-host Joseph Kerr and we are glad to join you today. Like many people, you may have questions about insider information from China, the coronavirus, and the ever-increasing stakes of the upcoming election. Where is God in all of this? To answer, we are joined today by best-selling author Steve Strang. Steve Strang is the founder and CEO of Charisma Media and was voted by Time Magazine as one of the 25 most influential evangelicals in America. He has interviewed four U.S. presidents and has been featured on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, and many other outlets. His latest book, God, Trump, and COVID-19, features inside information about the pandemic and what it means for today's Christians. Steve, we're honored to have you today. Welcome to A View from the Wall. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you again. Yes, well, we've enjoyed having you in the past and thrilled to talk more about your latest book, God, Trump, and COVID-19, the sequel to God, Trump, and the 2020 election, the book we talked about last time you were here with us. And you've written several books on President Trump. He was even seen carrying one of your books around when he was in Europe one time. So let's start with just the obvious. Why another book on Trump and COVID-19? Well, first of all, um, a reader thrust the book into his hand to sign, and he and everybody was you know, recording it on their iPhones and so forth. And, yes. and someone said, hold it up. We couldn't believe it. In fact, when <laughs> I sent it, I said, is this photoshopped? You know, we... Um, we so that was just a, a blessing, but uh, you know, people who know Charisma Media know that we are, uh, you know, originally magazine publishers. Charisma Magazine is still strong; it's our flagship, but we're principally book publishers. Uh, our biggest one is Jonathan Kahn's Harbinger Two, which is right. on the New York Times bestseller list. Well, when the election rolled around in 2016, I felt that there was an untold story because there were. Christian prophets, modern-day prophets, who were saying that Donald Trump would win. And all of the books that were coming out, and I read several, uh, didn't even mention the Christian vote, let alone the spiritual aspect. And I just felt as that I would try it myself. And that led to the other books. Of course, with this election coming up, we just felt that this one needed to come out nine or ten months before the election. When I finished it around Labor Day, we had no idea who would get the a nomination. The Ukraine thing was just being talked about. And of course, we didn't know anything about the impeachment. But the issues I talked about, uh, I had a section on what's at stake. There's a lot at stake, but I also had a chapter in there on how Trump might lose. And there's a number of things, including dishonesty on the other side. But one of them was if, if the economy crashed. And when I wrote that, boy, it looked like, you know, that was a pretty small chance. And then the pandemic hit. In January, you know, COVID-19 was bad enough that Donald Trump shut down travel from China. And the whole country shut down right around uh, March 15th. And I decided to write one about the pandemic with this in mind. The pandemic changed everything. And um, I wrote it in three weeks. It's only 125 pages. It's a quick read. 
but I analyzed what happened. I even got some kind of insider information from China that has since proven to be true, or at least it looks like it's true from many different sources. And I talked about how Donald Trump was handling it, which I think he handled it very well. I hear in the media that the left is bashing him, that that's one of the reasons they hope he loses is because people think he didn't handle it well. I think he did brilliantly. And about the only thing they could do is say that, you know, he didn't do enough. But actually, if he hadn't stopped to travel when he did, uh, it would have been far, far worse. In fact, when he shut it down, the Democrats were blasting him, calling him all kinds of nasty things like a xenophobe, which is to say he uh, didn't like Chinese people. Nancy Pelosi told everyone, go to Chinatown and hug someone just to show that we're, we're not afraid of Chinese. You know, then they do a total flip-flop and say he didn't shut the borders soon enough. But as late as mid-March in the Democratic debate, they didn't even mention COVID. And Donald Trump shut down his rallies a full week before the Democrats did, you know, when everything was shutting down in March. I mean, there's just example after example after example. The Democrats have weaponized this virus. Of course it's serious. But only about 2% of the population has even gotten it. And, of course, a very, very high percentage of people who get it uh, survive it, of course. Many never go to the hospital. In fact, a handful of people that I know that have gotten it, none of them have gone to the hospital. None of them have been on ventilators. At least 40% of the people who died have been in senior citizen uh, residence, either a nursing home or assisted living. My 92-year-old mother lives in one of those things, and, you know, they clamped down, and I'm glad they did because, you know, uh, Cuomo sent infected patients back to those facilities, and like 8,000 people died, if I remember the number I heard on TV the other day. So, I mean, this pandemic has changed a lot, and um, uh, the book has been well-received. You know, I say they're part A and part B. It's I explained to someone that it's the kind of thing I would have put in the original book had the pandemic happened last year. So I hope that answers your question. Oh, that's great. And we hope you've been enjoying this powerful conversation about Steve Strang's new book, God, Trump, and COVID-19. We'll be right back with more on A View from the Wall. Stay with us. From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. I heard about a female swimmer who, some years ago, attempted to break a record and swim across an ocean channel. It was a foggy day. For hours, she pressed on, but not being able to see the shore, her finish line, due to the fog, she lost hope and gave up. It turns out that she gave up less than a quarter mile from the shore. She was so close to a great victory, but gave up too early and missed the blessing. I share that story to remind you that God's blessings, God's miracles, often come at the 11th hour. And if you give up too soon, you will miss great blessings. Blessings don't come to those who start well, they come to those who finish well. We invite you to visit the imawatchman.com website for resources that will help you finish well for the Lord. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. Iamawatchman.com.
Welcome back to A View from the Wall. Joe and I have been talking with Steve Strang, author of the new book, God, Trump, and COVID-19. And it's amazing how prophetic these words are as they were written months before President Trump tested positive for the coronavirus, an issue that has been featured heavily as we approach Election Day. And speaking of the election, whether you're tired of hearing about it or not, this is a big one. Experts even say we may not know until long after election night who actually wins. So, Steve, talk for a moment about what should people know and what should people do right now as we stand on the eve of the election? Well, first of all, they need to vote for Donald Trump and encourage everybody to vote for Donald Trump. It is going to be so serious if the other side gets in. You know, this is not like a Bush versus Kerry. I mean, this is much more serious. They have a radical agenda. They want to transform America. And it's God, Trump, and COVID-19. I talk about very serious uh, attacks to our religious freedom that came about as this p- pandemic when uh, state after state said that churches were not essential, but that liquor stores and abortion clinics and hardware stores are essential. I mean, it's just frightening. And it's frightening to me, or I should say maybe, uh, disappointing to me, that the Christians went along with it so passively. Now, most of these states were the the blue states with Democrats, but it just showed how quickly government officials, when they had the reason to kind of clamp down legally, have clamped down on religious people, whether they're evangelical Christians like I am or Jewish synagogues in New York and elsewhere. I mean, it's frightening. And we have to be concerned because we have a constitutional right to worship God. It does not go away if there's an emergency. You know, they've politicized this thing. I mean, they're wanting to make us all think that this is the bubonic uh, plague. It's not. We've lost, sadly, we've lost 200,000 people. The Spanish flu killed 500,000 people in America 100 years ago. And uh, the population was only 100 million back then. So the population now is uh, three times larger. We have to keep this in perspective. In fact, the numbers you hear about the normal flu and it's hard to know what numbers to believe because who counts them and who keeps all the records and do we leave anybody out? Do we count anybody twice? But with the normal flu, you know, we lose tens of thousands of people a year from the, I think what they call the common flu. A preacher friend of mine in Sanford, Florida in his uh, mid sixties died suddenly. And I, uh, I hadn't seen him in, in a while since before he got sick and found out that he didn't die of a stroke or a heart attack, which is, you know, what you'd assume, but he died of the common flu. It just got worse and worse and worse, and they couldn't seem to stop it, and then his his organs started shutting down. I mean, this kind of stuff happens, but the Democrats have weaponized it. They want, you know, everyone to be afraid. Oh, we got to be afraid. The government's got to come in and take everything over, but they're going to take over health care, the economy. Biden says he'll do another lockdown. We can't afford that. It's concerning to me that there's this many people in America who go along with that and people who hate Trump so much. I, was, I had a conversation at lunch today with a friend who was talking about some of his relatives who are just calling Trump a racist and everything else. The funny thing is he was never called a racist all through his business career. And if somebody's a racist, they're not going to hire black people. They're going to say bad things. You know, I mean, they're going to have a reputation. It was only when he became a Republican. And I think 
that one of the reasons the left uses that, and listen, one of the lefties that I saw on TV said that every single white person is a racist because they're white. Can you believe that somebody would even utter such nonsense? But I think the reason why it's effective uh, in getting people to back down and cow and be afraid is because people don't want to be known as a racist. They think racism is wrong, and the last thing in the world they want to do is have somebody call them a racist. I mean, it almost is like the polar opposite of what they're accusing us of. You know, I could go on and on, and in my book, I go into these kinds of things and talk about the spiritual dimension. Now, I look at it as a, you know, as a charismatic evangelical Christian. I, I see God's hand in everything. I believe the spiritual world is more real than the physical world because we'll live forever. But people don't understand it, certainly not the general public, and even a lot of people in the church uh, don't understand it. And uh, you mentioned something about the COVID-19 book and President Trump. Of course, you know, he recovered very quickly. There was lots and lots of, of prayer. There were prophecies. And uh, Frank Amedia, who is a pastor with a prophetic gift from Ohio, who I respect, I did a podcast with him on my Strang Report podcast. He said that the Lord had shown him that Donald Trump went into the hospital as the CEO of the United States, and he came out a father, as in a spiritual father. And since then, President Trump at rally, there was one rally in particular in North Carolina, you know, where he's pointing to the sky and says, you know, we got to talk to the boss, you know, referring to God. And then another time something is said about Donald Trump being the most popular person on earth. He said, no. He said, Jesus Christ is the most popular person on earth. I mean, he could have said anything, but that showed that something changes life. Now, you know, he, he doesn't really talk about it, but I believe that that prophecy is true. I think Donald Trump came out. He was more energized. He's, he's kind of gotten his stride back. And, and frankly, it's a miracle, in my opinion, that he, he recovered as quickly as he did, uh, especially when, you know, he's the age that they consider to be very vulnerable. Steve, in a recent op-ed, you wrote about the Biden email scandal that's come out, and big tech has really taken the side of the Dems on this. Talk about that for a little bit. What do they have to gain? Why is big tech so involved in this whole discussion? Well, it's cultural. There's there's groupthink. There's lots of people that are socialistic. They're they're almost without exception against God, against the kinds of moral values that the Bible teaches. And the people that are in big tech, they agree with the deep state in Washington and the Democratic Party. And they are just absolutely 100% against Donald Trump. And they're doing everything they can to try to keep him from getting elected. And, you know, we sort of knew that they were biased. You know, there's this story and that story. And, well, it doesn't really affect me. And I'm not too sure if it's exaggerated. But this is blatant. This is blatant. In some ways, this is more serious for America uh, than the Biden uh, laptop scandal. That is horrible as far as Biden and his family are concerned. It's a corrupt. It's like a crime family, you know, getting millions of dollars from, uh, you know, really adversaries of the United States, which would be China and the Ukraine, and then kicking back half of it to pop which came out on those text messages. I mean, how much more proof do you have to have than getting the text messages and emails off that laptop? And uh, big tech 
you know what? It needs to be investigated. Maybe it's wrong. Maybe maybe it was planted. Maybe it was hacked. I don't think so. But they won't even let people know about it. They want to keep the news away from it. But actually, someone I heard on TV said that the story is probably twice as big because of that. And so, you know, in that way, it's good. But I'm very, very concerned. And I hope they uh, went too far. And I hope Congress breaks them up as monopolies. And I hope the Congress takes away that exception. They're publishers. Now, I'm a publisher. I decide what doesn't go into Charisma Magazine or any of the other things we publish. That's my right. I also have responsibility if I do something irresponsible. You know, they were given carte blanche like they were the telephone company. The telephone company doesn't say, oh, we don't like the way you voted in the last election. We're not going to let you have a telephone. You know, or, or we think you're a criminal, so you can't have a telephone or you can't have running water electricity. That, you know, initially when we hardly knew what the Internet was about, Congress thought that they fell into the same category. But, boy, they have found we have found out is anything but they're every bit as biased as the New York uh, Times or any of the other big uh, mainstream media, in my opinion. Well, this is very important. And those of you listening, you may have had this situation recently where you've posted something on Facebook or on Instagram and it's been flagged or removed and you don't know why. This is the influence of big tech today. We have more to talk about, but we have to take a break. We'll be right back with more on A View from the Wall. The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the Rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord plus a number of video and audio teachings, all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. Joe and I have been talking with Steve Strang, author of the new book, God, Trump, and COVID-19. And I hope you've enjoyed our discussion today. We've been talking about the importance of the election, what it would look like if Trump did not win and we were under a Biden-Harris administration and the concerns there. But one of the things that I'm passionate about is making sure that those who are Christians go out and vote in this election. I've seen numbers as high as 40 million Christians who did not vote in the last election. This is something that has a huge effect on the future of our nation. People may be afraid to vote or confused about mail-in or absentee voting, but we cannot abdicate our responsibility as Christians to be a voice for good in our society. Talk for a moment about that, if you would, Steve, the importance of Christians speaking and voting their values during this election. Well, elections have consequences, as we've seen, and there's certainly going to be a consequence here. And the only way Donald Trump is going to win is if all the people who value freedom, American traditionalism and the sense of America being a great country that protects liberty and all these kinds of things, 
The only way we're going to keep it is if Donald Trump wins. Now, this battle is not going to stop. It's going to be around in 2024 and 2028, but we'll worry about that when the time comes. If the left gets in, it may be too far. Now, there are a lot of people who have registered to vote. I can't understand that. I personally registered the very first day I was old enough, and I've made it my goal to vote in every single election since then. But there are a lot of people that are just kind of passive. I personally don't think the numbers are quite that as big as you said, but whatever the numbers are, it's too big. I think that 98% of all Christians should vote, and the other ones are on their deathbed. You know, I mean, I think that's my personal view. Uh, And also, sometimes it's hard to understand about who's an evangelical Christian and who isn't. You know, I think there are a lot of people that have kind of slidden away from the church and slidden away from the Lord that kind of get counted in those numbers. But whatever the number is, and I can't control the number, all I can do is encourage people like I am now to go vote. Steve, we try to put things in perspective in relating it to the last days. And Peter talks about perilous times that we're facing, and it certainly feels like that with 2020 going the way it has. Talk to our watchmen and women who may be fearful about the future of America. Well, we should not be fearful. We should have our trust in God. There have been horrible times in history before, you know, and the church survived and God has a plan. And and also we have to believe that once we get, you know, well, we're not here to talk eschatology, but, you know, after all these horrible things, it's going to be a a thousand year millennial, you know, where things will be wonderful. And the sooner, you know, I try to tell myself, the sooner we get this passed, uh, the better, number one. Number two, a lot, of, a lot of people have predicted that God, that Jesus would come back. Remember 1988, there, was ni- there were 88 reasons Jesus would come in 1988 or some such nonsense. Uh, the Seventh-day Adventist church was founded because they all went up and sat on a hill in 1840 waiting for Jesus to come back. However, you're right. It looks like something's happening. And, um, you know, the Bible talks about the beginning of sorrows, and if nothing else, the things we're going through are the beginning of sorrows. But, you know, we, we know that, that Christ is going to protect his own. The, the promises of God are true, whether it's smooth sailing and the schools are good and the media, uh, you know, plays up Christians in a good light and there's no bias in the media. And, boy, we can have a nice day and we can go to church on Sunday and enjoy life. Well, the Bible does tell us to pray for government so we can live good and peaceful lives. I understand that. But you know what? God is going to protect—God did not say he was going to make everything smooth sailing so we could just kind of coast through life. The Bible says we have to occupy until he comes. And sometimes things have to get really, really bad before they get better. And also, you know, Donald Trump standing up to globalism. This whole thing is really about globalism more than anything else. And if anything, it's slowing it down. But, you know, God has a plan and purpose that's much bigger than us. We can't really know what it is. We can just try to be faithful. We need to serve the Lord. We need to live lives of righteousness as much as we can. And and we need, we need to uh, preach the gospel to the whole world because uh, people need to know Jesus. And, and maybe God is giving us some more time because so, there are a lot of—in fact, I did a podcast uh, yesterday on my Strang Report podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network uh, with a, a mission agency that was telling you there's like 2,000 um, 
groups, people groups that have never heard the name Jesus. And uh, he said they're finding them all the time, like remote groups of people way up in the mountains in some, you know, foreign country that nobody even knew existed uh, because they're so primitive. And um, that's a lot of people that still need to know Jesus. And of course, there are parts of the world, especially the Arab world, the Muslim world, where uh, you can't proclaim the gospel. So uh, is this coming down toward the end of time? Of course. But you know, the apostle Paul talked like Jesus was going to come back in his day. We don't understand all these things. Sometimes they're seeming contradictions. We can just try to be led by the Holy Spirit. We can try to be faithful. And I and I think that's the message we need to get out. Well, these are such powerful words, and we want to thank you, Steve, for joining us. For those who would like to know more information about your book or to pick up a copy for themselves, where would you send them to go? Well, the best place to go is my own website, stevestrangbooks.com. It's my name, Steve Strang, the word books with an S, and every copy there is autographed. Um, it's available many other places, but Amazon took down God, Trump, and the 2020 election. And we cannot figure out why. They sold thousands of copies and then suddenly took it down. And we think it's because it's got Trump in the title. Because there are other books about Trump that don't have Trump in the title. And I think somebody went through and just deleted books about Trump. So don't go to Amazon. And the same thing with Christian book distributors. They're Christians. They have a reputation as being very, very liberal. But they won't allow any uh, political books, which means, and most of them are Trump books. I think there's one Biden book. I think, I think that is just, I think it's appalling. I just, it, it shows cowardice. And they're a very good customer of mine. They sold over 800 copies before they did, decided to take it offline. So don't support those retailers. Go to stevestrangbooks.com and buy it. You can also get a Walmart and Sam's and Barnes & Noble and lots and lots and lots of Christian bookstores too. Well, you've heard it here, stevestrangbooks.com. Get an autographed copy there. And we appreciate you joining us for today's program. We encourage you to listen again and enjoy all our programs at iamawatchman.com or wherever you stream your podcast. Join us next time on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.